Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are powered for impact. I'm Ron Huntley, your host, and today we are going to talk with entrepreneur Steve Foran. How much cooler would your workplace be if you could bring gratitude to your teams? Steve is a son, brother, husband, father, and newly minted grandfather. He has a nationally recognized blog, and in 2017, he was awarded the highest earned designation in professional speaking. He recently started Status Grow to give everyone easy online access to the secrets of gratitude and thriving in leadership. My friends, enjoy the podcast. Lift off and the clock has started. Welcome to the show, Steve Foran. Uh, Ron, great to be here. Great to be here. <laughs> it's wonderful to have you here. My friend, I love your company. Your dream, one billion happier people, and your tagline, we make people happier. Where did that come from? Okay, um, I'm at a I'm at a conference, and the opening keynote speaker is Peter Diamandis, and so he's written the book Abundance. He's got they introduced this guy. He's a PhD, I don't know, astrophysicist from Harvard. Okay, he's a medical doctor from Harvard. He runs this X Prize thing where they give ten, the current X Prize. They give ten million dollars to the first team that can extract two thousand liters of water from the atmosphere uh, per day for less than ten cents a liter. You do that, ten million dollars. I'm I'm sitting in the front row. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm not even worthy to be in the room with this guy. <laughs> so this is three years ago. He does his talk. At the end, Ron, someone asks him a question. They say, Peter, how do you decide what you invest your time, money? What do you pay attention to? What do you decide what to do or not? And he says, first question I ask, does it have the ability to impact one billion people? And I got goosebumps. And I just ask myself, does gratitude have the ability to impact a billion people? And the engineer in me said, I think so. How? I have no idea how, but that became my dream. And that's three years ago. That was uh, uh, 2018, October 2018. Wow. What a cool story. Like, just, I'm being transformed <laughs> as you tell me that story. I'm thinking, what, you know, thinking about what I do, and I'm thinking, yeah, now, I don't know, but now I'm going to figure it out. Right? That, that's a powerful, that, that's a critical thinking question, right? Even the person that asked them the question, how do you decide that? How do we decide what we invest our time? Or, or where do we put? How do we? emotionally commit to whatever it is that we're going to do like yeah and to to have an answer for it think about it <laughs> like 
right? Fortunately, I got a story that I can say, okay, because this guy does this. So I'm a copycat. Yeah, right. Our, oh, our, I, think, I think we all are at one point, aren't we? Like he would have mentors that would have inspired him. And such yeah. an important part of our growth is connecting with people who bring out the best in us. And that is just so cool. And you're one of those people for me, Steve. I enjoy our friendship. I love our walks. I, I love when we connect and talk because you do inspire me. And, and, and bring out the best in me. And, and isn't that at the heart of leadership is bringing out the best in others? So your, you know, gratitude at work. So tell me, how do you, like, what is your hope? How do you impact organizations with the theme of gratitude and happiness? Uh, it's very, very simple. Like, that's the thing. There's no rocket science to it. It's just kind of pulling the, 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 the layers back on this onion that get built up over time in each of us, right? Um, it's about positioning too. I, I tell people, you know, if someone's really interested in doing some of this work and, and what we do, just simply teach the simple idea of being grateful and do it at work and do it in a team setting. That, that's what we do. Help people. We're not teaching them anything new. We're reminding them of what they already know and helping them connect with what they know to be true, which we can, we can forget, especially we're knocked off kilter. Man, it's so easy to forget what we know to be true. And a year like we've just come through, never been easier to forget what we know to be true. So really just remind them of that. And, and I, I, it's kind of funny, I think, Ron. So if I, I say, okay, Someone says, "Why did Steve want you to come in and do this?" And I said, "Okay, we got to be careful how we position this with, with folks, right? Because think about it." I said, "Imagine your boss comes to you and says, look, we wanted you to take some training on, I don't know, and you know, most of the co- companies say I'm working for project management. Oh, yes. project, what's a project manager going to do? Awesome, I'm going to be a better project manager. Well, imagine your boss comes to you and says, we want you to take this course on being grateful." <laughs> <laughs> you cranky old buzzard. <laughs> What's wrong with me? <laughs> so, so true, right? I, let's have fun with this, right? So it, yeah. and we're not doing this. You know, we're not doing it because people are broken. We're doing it because people grow. And like, why does a tree grow? Because it grows. Why right. do like healthy things grow? They grow. We're alive. We grow. Um, and that to me, that's what it's about. <laughs> but we just help make people happy. Yeah. I love the idea of doing it in the workplace. I know in my time being on uh, Joe DePenta's team at Divine Renovation, for example, yeah. uh, he headed up the, the, uh, the development team and I was on his team. It was just a great, fun team to be involved with. And in his leadership of those meetings, he, gratitude was very much a part of how we started every meeting. And so that was how he applied it with our team. And it's just so fun. Like, what are you grateful for? And it's so neat when you listen to your colleagues talk about what they're grateful for, because you learn things about them. You otherwise wouldn't have known if all you focused on was business and not that some of those gratitude things can't be business, but it can be either, or is that, is that an example of how it's lived out in the workplace? Give me some. Yeah. Examples. yeah. So, so it, so it is. So let, let's say, you know, we do some, we do this, we, we rediscover it at work. And then it's like, okay, well, how do we go about doing it? Steve, you're gone. What do we do? Start right. our meetings with gratitude. And, nice. and you're absolutely right. We learn about each other. We 
you know what, we, we can take this idea of going around the table and talking about what share one thing we're grateful for. Let's go around the table and share one thing we're grateful for to the, about the person to, your, to our right. And then we go around the table to the right and everyone gets to edify everyone else. So not only are we like shining nice. the light on the giftedness in each other that we can, what can we do? We can forget about that at work. Yes. And by the end of it, you're just thinking, okay, let's get going. It just jacks you up. It, it really does. And that is such a cool thing to do. What a, what a wonderful principle. Because we spend what so a, much time at work, don't we? We do. We spend a lot of time at work. And I, I, I've envisioned this, this work I do with gratitude at work as a little bit like a Trojan horse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, into society. Because companies and organizations really have a, a, a vested interest in having people who are happy, engaged, productive, committed, but that's go, that goes back into their homes, in their communities, and it, it really does have this spinoff effect into the world in which we live. Oh, that's why I love doing work with leaders, because they have such an opportunity to have a disproportionate impact on the people they lead, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live in. Believe it. I absolutely do. All because of influence. All because of influence. And so how, do you, how, does, uh, how have people engaged with you uh, from a business perspective to this point? Like, what does the conversation look like? Are they reaching out to you because they've read your book or they've seen your website or they've taken one of your courses? Was it word of mouth? What's happening that they're, you know, a leader of an organization is saying, I need to contact Steve Bourne. Like, what, what's going on there? Um, at, at first, you know how it started with just, it started with conversations here in the community. And, and my, my first client was actually a church. <laughs> it was That's cool. It was a church in St. John's, Newfoundland. Um, and it was, it was more for the congregation, right? They, yeah. they really liked that message. Uh, but it started with my, my network. I just, you know, when I left my job, I started yes. talking to people. As a, and they were looking at me, you what? What are you doing? <laughs> oh. That'd be interesting. Why don't you come in? And and it that's how it started, Ron. It wasn't like this master plan of yeah, no. it was this and and then someone and and so it's a combination of I'm looking for organization. So I think, oh, they look like a great organization. I'm gonna find someone there that I know and try and reach out to them or find someone that I know that knows someone there and, and just have a conversation about what's important to them you know, some of the challenges they're having. And if there's an alignment, great. It, um, and, and, and then it's them talking to others, or if there's a conference, maybe someone's going to find me. Some people do find me. They'll hear me on a podcast. This could be a good person to have for an organization, for an event. Uh, most of it tends to be from existing clients or myself doing reach out. Nice. That's awesome. Well, I'm so glad because... It's, and I love for all the entrepreneurs that might be listening, the people maybe who have an entrepreneurial heart, but, but have an idea that's welling up in them. What I'm hearing you say is that you're just paying attention to that and starting to have conversations with your networks and all of us, you know, and through that, 
finding places that were a good fit to to take those conversations further to see about influencing and engaging in those principles in different organizations. It, it, it really was, you know, when it started 15 years ago and you kind of, as humans, we can, we can be pretty hard on ourselves judging whether we're successful or not successful by quantitative means. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Success. Like does, <clears throat> it, is the Lord going to judge my success based on whether I hit that 1 billion or whether it's 900 or, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> it's like this idea of success, I think is more in Steve, did you show up as, I don't know, these words, they may not come out right, Ron, but it's like, did you show up as the best Steve you could today? In this moment today, we, you know, that we're spending here together and, and you listening, did you show up as your, as, as the Steve that you were gifted to be? And I think that's really what success is. I love that because it takes the pre- it takes the focus off or measuring ourselves against others, which is yeah. not helpful. You know, it, it's it's trusting that hey, you know what? Maybe you were made on purpose, and and if that's the case, maybe. And I love the fact that we're all we all have deficiencies. Like we're we're just we're made for each other. We're made to live in community. We're made to live interdependently with each other in ways that build each other up. And if we focus more on the, the ways that we can make a positive difference and not the areas that we not as good as the next person, that's when we show up. But when we focus on our, what we might perceive to be deficiencies or the areas that we're not as good in, then I think we can get caught into a tailspin of comparing and, 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 being hard on ourselves and that's probably not going to lead to happiness, is it? No, it, it doesn't. Like comparing, I, um, I it, it seldom serves me. It, it, it really doesn't serve me. Think about, I'll either come up on the downside of a comparison. Yes. Um, you know, and I can have this negative emotional feeling. Uh, if I come up, come out on the upside of a comparison. Oh, I'm doing better than them or whatever the case is. Uh, I'm grateful for th- this. Then my gratitude actually becomes conditional. It becomes yeah. conditional on a comparison. That's to me, that's not good. And the other thing it does comparing to me, I, I believe it, it takes us from being equals as human beings who have inherent divine dignity, irrespective of anything else. And so comparison is a thing that we've made up. I don't, I don't know why, probably just to protect ourselves or our self, but whatever it is, I, I just, uh, it, I, I don't think it's the best means to search for happiness. And, you know, there are, I want to just share a little bit on this because there, there are some gratitude techniques that say, use comparison to find gratitude. And I, I don't teach those. I encourage mm-hmm. people, don't use comparison. Oh, we're better than so-and-so in such a place of the world. 
because I think it can, it has, we risk objectifying people and then it makes our gratitude conditional. Hmm. So, but, but do you know what? If that's how you find your gratitude, that's okay. I'm not going to judge. Like if that's how you want to start, if that's the place we need to meet people, let's do that. Hmm. But just let's be aware when we're using comparison to find something to be grateful for. Love that. It reminds me of the scripture, the Pharisee that went into the church and sees a tax collector up there, you know, just won't even look, won't even lift his head. He's just like, you know, have mercy on me, a sinner and the tax collectors or sorry. And the Pharisees at the back on, you know, I tithe, I show up every day. I pray regularly. I'm a good guy. Thank goodness. I'm not like that tax collector. And then the scripture goes on to say who left justified. It wasn't the guy who thought he had it all together. It's like, don't look down on people. You're missing an opportunity you're, you're missing an opportunity that God speaks straight into your heart, no matter how good life is. We go through seasons when things are great, when things aren't so great. That's not the point. The point is, what's our position? What's our perspective? And can we let God speak into where we're at, no matter what season of life we're in right now? Because he wants to. It's the best news ever. Like He literally wants to do life with you. And we will have times that are going great. And we will have times that aren't going so great. But that doesn't have to rob us of our happiness, does it? No. This whole idea of gratitude, it's about finding the good in life. And, And life, as you know, it's going to deal us... It's going to deal you things that I'd like to give that one back, <laughs> right? That's right. Um, so that, that's, that's just life, I think, yeah. Yeah, I love that. So in your work that you've done as you've kind of dove into gratitude at work, can you share maybe a story of, of, of an organization or, or somebody that was a leader in that organization has done some work with you that has been able to come back and, and kind of share with you the impact. Yeah. You know, there was, um, I, I've worked with them at, in two different organizations, you know, in first organization I worked with, uh, or with her and her leadership team and, you know, an organization she'd been with for a long time and just, you could, you walk in for the first time and you could just feel just this bond and just awesome. She left a couple of years later, went to work with another organization and really would, you know, she would classify the, the culture as just um, people feeling overwhelmed, underappreciated, um, not a lot of hope, right? Just, you know, do incredible work. Yes. They do incredible work in our community. And, and, uh, and it's just amazing how easy it is, how you can lose a sense of purpose and like people feeling like, you know, purposeless. And she kind of said, I think we need to do this work. <laughs> you know, I don't yeah. know if my team's ready for it. Yeah. And I, I, I remember meeting their leadership team for the first time. And they were all really, really excited. Um, but I, th- they were going on in a, a really a massive leadership journey of the whole organization. This spoke two and a half years ago that they started this. And um, 
we introduced this idea of gratitude and gratitude ended up being one of their core um, foundational beliefs, core principles or core values. You know, they use different, like depending on who you are, might use different language. So they really wanted to focus on it. So I worked with their leadership team for a year, like once a month. And we did program for all their staff. Some people thought it was silly, but (laughs) um, they started this thing. Uh, They spread over about eight or nine different facilities, all within uh, the same geographic area. And so they started this thing, said, we're going to team up with some gratitude buddies. We're going to pair up people in the organization who don't even, they didn't even know each other. They've been working in the same organization for like 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. And once a day, they made a commitment. We're just going to share one or two or three things you're grateful for. Do it for 30 days. Using their phone. Text by phone, back and forth. And that, that way it's kind of like, say, Ron, I didn't get your gratitude today. Here am I. It's right. just like having it. Accountability, buddy. Accountability part. You know, so you, if you, you could do it with, you know, scripture that you're reading or. Yeah. They did it around gratitudes, right? And so this came out of after we did the training. They, they came together for the first meeting. And when the people met each other, they felt like they knew each other. To your point that you said uh, earlier about getting to know, I felt like I've known this person. I've never met them before. Uh, and some of these gratitude buddies, this thing they started almost two years ago, not all of them are still doing it today. Right. Couldn't stop and them because it, it was making a difference in their life. It just, it just makes a difference. And, um, and it just I, I was in, 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 uh, in September, so uh, three months ago. So we're recording this in, in December. Yeah. So three months ago, I was in with their leadership team, and we could do it face-to-face. We were in this huge ballroom, and there was like 17 people. Yeah, right. <laughs> I need a, need a microphone. <laughs> like, okay, down there. And then it was just like this um, reboot or reboost of, and a reminder, yeah. right? Like, just like you come back to church every week, or if you, you hear, you know, sometimes you'll hear a gospel, yeah. and you hear it a second time. And, and like for me, what I try to do, it, oh, I know this one. And I'll kind of shut it. The times so that I true. just kind of, you know, the times that I'll just sit there and go, okay, let me take this one from, I'll, I'll look at it from, you know, the product son, from the brother's perspective, from the father's perspective. And when I take a different perspective, I get a new message. And, and really, so this session I did in, Jan, in September with this team wasn't right. that different than anything I did, you know, Previously. a year ago, right? But because of the, the, the journey they've traveled and the time and everything, like each moment, I believe they're sacred. And so um, it's just a way to come out feeling, yes, we have an important you know, the work we do is so important. Uh, there's no one that cares about our work more than we do, than, that we do, than the 17 people in this room right now. We have a responsibility to do something, right? That's the type of things that I, that I hear. I love that. You know, as you're talking about that, Steve, I'm reminded of all the time I've spent in the pharmaceutical industry. And 
And um, sometimes we latch on as an organization to a different type of, uh, you know, a, a new a new speaker, a new provider to a consultant of some sort. And they come up with some really exciting ideas. And then we'd meet again, you know, four months later, and we might see them again, but we might not. And it would be somebody else with a whole different set of principles. And so we're talk- we're touching on all these good things, but we're never going deep on any of them. And so after a while, as, a, as an employee, you just realize, okay, this is the flavor of the week. And not that it's not good. But what you're saying and what I'm hearing you say is that, you know, this organization specifically, that was a core value. And they were going to go deep. And it's through going deep that it really began to take root in ways that, or that continued to take root in ways that produce growth in relationships, in positivity, in, in, in probably engagement at work. That's a really important principle for leaders of organizations to hear. Because when people jump around from one thing to the next, that doesn't mean we can't bring in other ideas and concepts. But boy, if it's worth doing, then do it. <laughs> it, it is. Two, two, two things on that. Um, and hopefully I'll remember both of them. <laughs> As I say. And we may have to come back to one of them. We'll after, make up the second one if you I forget. Think I, might ar- I might already <laughs> forgot it. Um, so the first thing is the reason that we're doing this is because we genuinely care about our people. Um, if the number one reason we're doing this, most, almost all of my clients are for-profit uh, companies. If the only reason, if the primary reason you're doing this is to improve the bottom line, this ain't going to work. People say right through it, don't they? They, they do. Like kids, kids know when people are like, and they're going to see through it just like that. I don't know how much business I've lost because I've told someone that, but I know I've lost a good share of business. Um, But if you do it because you, if if you, if you teach your people, these ideas, these simple ideas of of being grateful and, and uh, that this, these are the types of things like the research out there. People who are on the receiving end of gratitude, 50% more productive. They'll go 15, they'll spend 15 to 50% more time going the extra mile to help a complete stranger. I mean, just a couple of new studies came out this fall about gratitude at work and what it does to reduce gossiping, uh, ostracizing, creates more civility in the workplace. This is perceived by people that had no idea that stuff was going on. They described the workplace. Oh, it's more civil here. Or, you know, just because their colleagues, they didn't even know it, are making these gratitude lists every day. So, yeah, really powerful. Steve, you're talking about that. Like, I'm thinking about churches because, you know, my work is in the church world and everything you just said, it prevents. I'm thinking, man, imagine if we could root those out of a church because, <laughs> like, it sounds crazy because I know if there's any listeners maybe that don't go to church regularly, you probably think churches are always really nice and they're good to each other and things function really well. But a lot of times they don't. There's as much dysfunction in the community of a church sometimes as there is in a business or an organization. And so, you know, in a lot of the work and the coaching that I do, uh, you know, we're trying to create intentionally build a culture where things will grow, where people feel safe, where bullying and stuff that actually happens in the workplace happens in churches. 
And so a lot of these principles that you're talking about are every bit as applicable well, to your point. Your first client was a church. <laughs> it was a church. And so, yeah. you know, in many ways, life is our church, uh, you know, in business or where we're at on Sundays or how we could, you know, these are just so exciting. These principles of speaking into people, being grateful. I never thought about it until the beginning of this podcast. I think about things I'm grateful for, like I have a comfortable house. I have, you know, I have wonderful family. I, you know, I, I, I love the work that I do. I've got great friends like Steve. Uh, I have a lot to be thankful for. But then when you pivoted that and said, yeah, what are you thankful for about a person? I do that too, but I've never systematized it like you're talking about. And just start to create some good patterns, some good habits of making people know they're appreciated and cared for. It is. There's um, a thing in the in the literature called a benefit appraisal, and okay. it, it, it's useful in coaching. It's useful in leadership. And so here, here's the idea. Um, gratitude, you can kind of think, you know, when you express gratitude, or when I express gratitude, uh, I can express it as a benefit to myself or as a sacrifice that someone else has made. And, and I use the word sacrifice. It, it's costly because he, here's how you and I feel grateful. If, if I'm getting too technical with this, just say, Steve, let's go on talk about something No, I'm else. loving it. Keep going. <laughs> so, so here it is. Gratitude is, um, I feel gratitude or you feel gratitude. Your listener feels gratitude when they receive something, a benefit to, to you, right? That you perceive as costly to the benefactor and was provided without any conditions, right? So you receive something right. of benefit to you that you perceive was costly to whoever provided it and was given to you with no strings attached. Yes. And so there's this thing, think of it as a leader, as a coach, as working with people. You could have two people in the same situation. One person is grateful. One person is not. Why is that? All mindset. Hmm. All my, it's all how they're making sense of the situation. Do they perceive it as value to them? Do they make sense of it that somebody else sacrificed or did something that was cost? You know what I mean? Do they believe that, it, oh, the only reason we got this raise is, or they're, you know, got Friday off is they want us to come in on Thursday. Like, all this mental stuff. So in terms of questions that as a leader, you can, in terms of working with people, like some, just stepping back to kind of ask questions about, so tell me what it is that you're thinking, of, you know, about a given situation, right? To be able to make, to get inside somebody's head, to be able to understand, not to say, oh no, this is a value. You should be, right? Because that's never approach right. that's going to work. But <laughs> To be curious. Why? So that you can understand where someone else is. And then as a leader, you gradually influence. And then some of those exercises that you can do as a group, those help influence other people make sense of situation. Because I might perceive it, oh man, I can't believe we got to work all, you know, an extra hour today. And someone else starts saying, they start talking about the impact that they have with clients and all this. That's all given no agenda to me. If I'm sitting here thinking, oh, we do make a really big difference. I can, and I can start making sense of it myself. No one is judging me. No, and I don't feel that these gratitudes are being given with an agenda either. Very, very powerful. Mm. So important. 
again, as soon as you start telling that story, I think of the scripture of the lepers. I think there were 10 lepers and, and right. they're, they, you know, Jesus will heal us and Jesus heals them. And then they all go away and only one turns back and says, thank you. And he's like, well, didn't I, didn't the other nine get healed? Like, well, where are they? And so sometimes in the workplace, Steve, you know, I know my Clifton strength finders for any of our listeners who have done that positivity is my second strength team. And so I'm, I'm, hardwired for for positivity um but boy it's pretty clear in workplaces if you've got more than two people in your workplace uh there are some people that you know a little bit like eeyore uh life is tough everything is tough there seem to be the glass half empty type of people how does this you know, I think some might be drawn to the idea of gratitude and happiness, whereas others seem to be happy being miserable sometimes. What? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. And and it, it, I've had some people say, do, we'll do a session with the team or whatever and go, okay, this is great for us, but guess what? We're not the ones that need to be here. We need <laughs> these people to be here. And I'm kind of like, that's, that's 1995 Steve doing that, sure. judging, right? And so it's just like, I, and I, I'll, I'm going to encourage you, like you might say to someone, like I, and I give out gratitude journals. And yes. I'll say, well, I got some extras. Okay, so if you got two, you might want to take this home and give this to your, you know, give it to your spouse. But if you're going to give this to your spouse, be careful. Don't say, "Hun, you really need this, right?" How do you do that? Think about it, <laughs> right? You get, not going to end well. I share an experience. Hey, you know what? I kind of, I'm just part of this program. I just started this. I started making a list of what I was grateful for every day. And I do this when I wake up in the morning or whenever it is that you, and and do you know what it's done for me? It's done this, 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 and this. It's really cool. It's, I I just want to, I, I just like other people to experience this too. And I, you mean so much to me. Here's a journal, right? Versus, you can, and so that's how we do it with our spouse, right? Yes. Um, or someone that we love or whatever the case is. So why do we think that we need to tell our people to do it differently? But right. you influence others in your organization and the others around them are going to influence them as well, too. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, the timing of it, it's, I, I always think it's not our timing to decide when someone else says yes or I'm going to change or whatever. That's my timing. I get to decide that. And yeah. I, you know, I give away journals at every session I do. And I did this one. Um, I, was, I was at a gym and this guy comes up to me at, uh, at, at the gym and he looked kind of familiar. And he said, you, you're that guy that did that program for us on gratitude. Aren't you? And I, I look at him and I'm like, Oh boy, <laughs> I'm, I'm all sweaty. And, and I said, yeah, uh, what's your name? Because uh, I forgot his name, and, but he looked familiar. And he said, yeah, you gave me that journal. I remember afterwards, he said, uh, he's got a lot of, he really believes in what he's doing. He's really positive, but this ain't for me. Right. And I, he said, I, I put the journal in my bedside table. And, and then about eight months ago, my life just took a turn that I couldn't believe. He didn't get into any details. And he said, I was just feeling, I was feeling really, really, is this even going to work out? And, and I remember that session you did. I said, I still got that journal. I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to see if that guy, what he said is right. right. And he says, see, here's the thing with timing. He said, 
you, you, you ended by saying, I just want to thank you so much for coming in there. And that was probably two or three years prior to that, right? And so the timing wow. of when somebody responds to the yes. call, we all respond in our own time, don't we, Ron? We sure do. And, and, and to your point, we might want something for somebody, but we have to respect their free will to choose. Yes. So important. The work I do with churches and dioceses, you know, sometimes diocesan level, they know the people that they find are struggling and they'll want to, in my coaching, say, you know, you're going to get coaching. And I let them know that I don't work with people who don't want it because it's, it's offensive to them. I can't do anything anyway. If somebody's not hungry for it, I can't do anything. <laughs> I'm not magic. I can only work with people who are hungry for change and want to see it and, and will risk, take, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll make that choice to take a risk in me, to, to trust me, to help them do something they maybe have never done before. But if they're not willing to do that, I can't work with them. Like, I, I can't, I, I need, there needs to be this mutual trust that, that, hey, can we give this a try? This openness to give something a try. Because if they are, and we, and we do everything we can to be honest uh, with each other, with ourselves, and with our effort and begin to dream about something, a, a new possibility, a new reality, I think God will bless that all day long. Yeah. More so than techniques or tricks. Like, and my guess is with gratitude and what I'm hearing from you is that it has to start from a place of willingness and trust and, and respecting people's dignity and free will, sharing with them something, our, our position, our experience, the impact it's had. And invite them to give something a try. But when they do, when the timing is right, lo and behold, it's a blessing. It is. And as a leader, you are influencing them. Even if they're, they, they could appear to be resisting or not engaging, you're going to have those that do. And your example, like your example, like it, it comes back to that idea. If you genuinely care for your people, whether it's Eeyore or whether it's yes. Tigger, right? Yeah. Do you care for what you might, there, there might be some preferences, but if you think of, of loving them as a human being, really, you know, my goal is everyone's the same. I know that's yes. not, you know, uh, but, but that, that genuine, if it's rooted in genuine care, then I can only be responsible for me. Right. In, in that sense, in terms of how I behave. So I love that. And the work that, that I do with, with, and I, I heard this in your story with that lady who switched organizations. And, but when I, when I work with passenger leadership teams, I let them know that the health that you guys model, that we're like, we've got to figure out health within this team because we can't expect and invite anybody else in the entire church can't expect them to do something we, we're not willing to do ourselves. And so we got to get ourselves right. And as we do, as we, as we love each other, as we trust each other, as we have real conversations, as we challenge each other to be the best we can be, we're going to grow in health. We're going to make better decisions. We're going to have more fun and it's going to take us further. And only then can we be the example we need to be for the rest of the church. And, and I always look at it from the bottom up, things percolate up like a nice Nice glass of beer, like the bubbles go from the bottom to the top. <laughs> and I think in leadership, I always look at it from a bottom-up perspective. We need to model. We need to create a foundation of 
integrity in these types of principles and actually live them out to your point, really care for people because when people feel cared for, when they know they're cared for, and that's where at St. Benedict Parish, so many crazy cool things happen because we did. People caught us loving them all the time and it was real. And then as we engage them with their gifts and strengths to build this church and to make a difference in people's lives, it took off. And the amount of time and energy we all put into it as volunteers or staff was through the roof. Why? Because nobody was counting hours. Yeah. We're counting changed lives. (laughs) You know, when, when leadership or when the power in leadership comes from principles, as you said, not from position, Mm. when that that's the basis of transforming, you know, transformational leadership or servant leadership. Uh, Christ did not have any positional power, right? How did Jesus, right? How, how did Jesus influence others? Where did power come from? Principles and, and uh, they transcend. I love that. I love that. I, I, uh, one of my favorite parts of scripture. I, and I say that every time I talk about any part of scripture, so it's probably not true because it's all just so rich. <laughs> but was the last supper. And it said that Jesus knew where he'd come from, that he came from the father. He knew that. He knew where he was going. He knew he was going to die and he knew he was going back to the father. And he knew that the father had given him all the power in heaven and earth was given to him. And he knew all that. It says that right in that scripture. And then it says, what did he do? Took off his outer garment, got on his knees, and he cleaned Mm. his apostles' feet. Mm. That was a job for the lowest of the servants. So Mm -hmm. in the class of servanthood, there's, (laughs) there's levels. That was for the lowest of the low. And what did he do with all the power in heaven and earth? He knew who he was and where he was going. It's the ultimate you know, self-awareness and power statement. And what did he do with all of that power? He did the lowest of the low. And Peter said, you won't clean my feet. He says, you don't get it. Yeah. I'm giving you yeah. an example of how power is to be lived out. And if you don't do this for each other, you've missed the whole point. The whole point is to serve, is to take your power and build up others. It's the best news ever. So exciting. So, Steve, I absolutely have enjoyed every minute of our conversation, as I always do. As, as we wind this up and we think about the people, like, I'm so glad we got to expose people to you and the work that you do, because it's so important in churches and in businesses. But if we have listeners out there, they're saying, my gosh, this is good stuff. How do they get a hold of you? How could they connect with you? Just give us some examples. Thanks, Ron. Um, thank you for the work you're doing. Uh, come visit us at Gratitude at Work. Um, come visit our one, the one billion happier people community. Join it. Be a part of it. Yes. Uh, in it is the habit course. Take the habit course. Four or five minute lessons on four things that you can do. Four simple things you can do that you can incorporate into your daily routine that will help you be happier. Uh, and you'll find it in the menu on gratitude at work. Uh, it, our website is gratitude at work.ca. Ron will give you show notes and, uh, um, in the menu right now it's called the movement 
in a year's time, in two years' time, it could be called something different. But you'll sure. be able to link to one billion happier people from there quite easily. I love that. Let's let's all join the one billion happier people. Let's make that dream a reality because that when we're happy, that contagion impacts the people around us. And and that's the type of organization that people want to belong to. That's what type of organization they want to work for. That's the type of boss people want to be. That's the type of church people want to be engaged with. And so let's do our part and I'll uh, make a decision to do the things that will make us happier, to use our influence for good. I love it. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today, Steve. You're welcome. Thank you, Ron. During my time at St. Benedict Parish, gratitude was a huge part of the shift we made in the culture. In fact, it's one of the reasons we created the leadership summits, and I credit Tenya Rogerson for that. My friends, thank you for joining me as we talk to Steve Foran about bringing gratitude into your workplace and into your churches. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please take the time to rate and leave some comments. We love hearing from you. God bless. I want to encourage you as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time. And remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact.